he wants to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, I've outlined certain, certain things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that will help us to understand what it is. Hallelujah. Number one, it is the promise of the Father. When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, um, Jesus Christ was talking to the disciples after his resurrection and he was assuring them that uh, he is going, but the Holy Spirit will come, the Comforter will come. So he said that they should wait in Jerusalem until they receive the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. So that promise of the Father Jesus was talking about was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the, the, the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, then you shall receive power and be my witnesses. So the promise of the Father you are talking about was the promise of the Holy Spirit that was supposed to come upon them. The baptism that they were supposed to receive. Hallelujah. That was the promise of the Father. Now, when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is an endowment with power to do the commandments of Jesus Christ. It is an endowment with power to do the commandments of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and you shall become my witnesses from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Hallelujah. So that, that, that event where the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer to endow him with power, hallelujah, to impart his grace and his power and his, his unction upon the believer so that the believer can be effective in the ministry and in, in working for God and working in the kingdom of God. That is what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Number three, it is a definite experience of which we can know that we have or have not received, hallelujah, hallelujah. In, if you read the Acts of the Apostles, you see that sometimes the apostles will get to a place and people have believed in Jesus Christ and they will ask them, have you yet received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Have you yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit since you believed? Hallelujah. That is because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an event and you can know whether you have it or not. You can know whether you have received it or not. Hallelujah. It is not something that you can uh, ask for me. I'm not sure whether I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or I don't have it. If you are not sure whether you have it or you don't have it, then it simply means one thing, that you don't have it. Hallelujah. Simple and short. It that you don't have it. But if you have it, it is a definite event, a definite experience that cannot go unnoticed in one's life. Hallelujah. You would by all means notice it. You by all means identify it. You by all means know that indeed I have had this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Glory. Hallelujah. We are teaching it. You will understand. Amen. So it is a definite experience of which we can know that we have or have not received it. It takes place at a given point in time. That makes it definite. Hallelujah. It is an operation of the Spirit distinct from and subsequent to the conversion experience or being born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So last Sunday, when I was talking about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, I explained that there are three separate encounters that every believer you can, can have with the Holy Spirit. One was being born of the Spirit. Number two was what? being baptized with the Spirit. And number three, we said you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So three separate experiences, and they are all distinct from one another. So being born again is being born of the Spirit, and it's an experience or in itself that is separate from, hallelujah, and subsequent to being uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. So some people think that, okay, once you are born again, the Spirit of God is living in you, so you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I agree with the first part, that once you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is living in you. But that does not necessarily mean that you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that is different from being born of the Spirit or receiving uh, uh, Jesus Christ and being born again. And having the Holy Spirit to come and indwell in you. Hallelujah. As we go along, I believe that it will be clearer and you will understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every true believer has the Holy Spirit, but not every believer has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are scriptures that I can give to that effect. Okay, so we said that it's an operation of the Spirit that is distinct from and subsequent to the conversion experience or being born of the Spirit. In that one, we can see Acts chapter 8, verse 12. Acts chapter 8, verse 12, when Philip went to Samaria, there were believers there who had already received Jesus Christ, but they didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When he asked them, have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They didn't even know that there was something like the baptism. Yet, they had received Jesus Christ, they have been born again, and we can see that they had received the Holy Spirit, but they had not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. There are so many examples. In Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2, Paul also asked a similar question to the believers. Hallelujah. Amen. And we are also saying that every true believer has the Holy Spirit, but not every believer has the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, once you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, once the Spirit of God has come to dwell in you as a believer, as a Christian, you have the Spirit of God. The moment that you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior and invited Him to come into your heart, He came to live in you, to dwell you, indwell you by the presence of His Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So every believer has the Holy Spirit. Amen. But not every believer has the experience of the Holy Spirit or that, that is being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because there are two separate experiences. Hallelujah. So you can be a Christian, have the Holy Spirit, and yet not have the Holy Spirit baptism. But I pray that you will have both. Hallelujah. I always say something that if there is there is something in God, if there is everything in God that can be experienced, I want to experience it. Hallelujah. Whatever there is in God to experience, whatever there is in the Holy Spirit to experience, I want to experience it. If there is something that is good for a Christian or for Christians, then I don't want to, to delegate it or relegate it to, for other believers to enjoy whilst I don't enjoy. So I, 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 I don't like arguing with people who argue whether we, every Christian should be baptized with the Holy Spirit or every Christian should have the influence of the Holy Spirit or every Christian should receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and the question I ask is, should every Christian also receive the love of God 
Should every Christian receive the grace of God? If there is something good in God that is for us to enjoy, why are you asking whether every Christian should have it? So who should have the good things and who shouldn't have it? Amen. As for me, I want to enjoy every good thing in God. Every good thing that God has to give to his children. I want to be a partaker. I want to enjoy it. So if being baptized in the Holy Spirit is something good and, and Christians can have it, then I don't want to, I, I don't want to hear that argument whether all Christians should have it or not. Hallelujah. If some Christians shouldn't have it, then I should not be among those. Instead of asking the question whether you should receive it or not, just desire for it, aspire for it, and trust in God that if it is something good, He will give it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I pray that this teaching is blessing somebody's life tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. You can write it down. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. And then Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Talking about having the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. There are two separate experiences. Amen. Amen. Now, there are uh, other ways that the Bible, especially in the Acts of the Apostles, put the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So, in some places, you see a phrase like, uh, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's still talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You can see another phrase like, the Holy Spirit fell on them. The Holy Spirit fell on them. Amen. So the Holy Spirit can fall upon us in the service. And in Acts of the Apostles, most times when you come across that phrase, it is also uh, another way of saying that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Sometimes it is called the promise of the Father. I've explained that already. Sometimes it is called the promise of the Father. Jesus said that they should wait until they receive the promise of the Father. And that promise of the Father was the Holy Ghost baptism that they were supposed to receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have seen what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon a believer or a group of believers and endows them or endows them with power and grace and authority to be able to be effective in ministry. Hallelujah. So you have seen that up till now, we have been talking and defining the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we have not mentioned speaking in tongues. That point is, is worthy of note because most people think that uh, the Holy Spirit baptism is speaking in tongues. I will explain. Amen. Amen. I'll come to a point that I will explain. But the Holy Spirit baptism is more than just speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we go further, we'll study and we'll see that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't end there. And it is not an end in itself. So speaking in tongues is, the Holy Spirit baptism is not just about speaking in tongues. It's deeper than that. Hallelujah. It's the Holy Spirit coming upon. Yes, when the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles on the day of Pentecost, they spoke with other tongues. They spoke with new tongues. Amen. But it went deeper than that. Somebody like Peter received a total transformation. The shyness left him. The fear intimidation left him. Hallelujah. He was now bold and courageous and was able to stand in front of 3,000 people. Can you imagine? Peter who once was not able to defend the gospel and defend Jesus Christ in, the, in front of a little girl. One person, 
three separate individuals. He could not defend Jesus Christ. But at this point in time, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost came upon him, when he received the baptism and started speaking in tongues, something within him changed. There was an instant transformation, an instant change. The man was now full of courage and power and faith to the extent that he could rise up and say, ye men of, of you men of, of Israel, you men uh, of Jerusalem, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel that it shall come to pass in the last days, saith the Lord, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men shall prophesy, your young women shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams also upon your handmaids and upon your servants will I pour out in those days of my spirit. Hallelujah. Peter was transformed instantly. All the apostles, they received boldness, they received courage. They were now able to preach the word of God with clarity, with understanding. Hallelujah. Things that they were not able to do before, even when Jesus Christ was with them. Ah, they could not even uh, heal that, that child that their mother brought to them to heal. They could not he- heal the child. Amen. Until Jesus Christ came and instantly the guy was healed. They said, why couldn't we have done this? Jesus says, ask for this thing unless what? Unless what? Fasting and prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the point, he told them that you, if you have faith like the master seed, you can say to the mountain, be removed and shall removed. But the secret is that they couldn't do those things at that time because they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that the baptism is very important and crucial for them in the ministry work. That's why I said, wait in Jerusalem until, wait until, wait until, wait until. It is a mistake to attempt to do the work of God without the baptism and the enablement of the Holy Spirit. I pray God that tonight and on Friday night, the Spirit of God will come upon you. If you have not received the baptism, the Holy Ghost will baptize you, even as you listen to me, as we enter into prayer on Friday night. I'm believing God that it will be a turning point in your Christian life, where the Holy Ghost will take hold of of you. The Holy Ghost will possess you. Yes, the Holy Spirit will possess you. You see, sometimes people have funny ideas. When you talk about the Holy Spirit possessing people, they are comparing it with demon possession. They are thinking that, they are thinking that why should the Holy Spirit, who is, uh, who is God, possess one? Hallelujah. But if the devil and his agents, if demonic spirits can possess people and use them, how much more we who are Christians, we must be fully possessed by the Holy Spirit. See, possession simply means that the Holy Ghost is taking control of you and using you with, with or without your senses. Amen. So some of the things that we do might not be normal. Hallelujah. But is the Holy Spirit who is working through us. For the wind blows where it listed, where it wants. You can hear the sound of it, but you cannot determine where it is coming from and where it's going. And so is every man that is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I pray, my God, that somebody will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. It's deeper than just speaking in tongues. It comes with faith. It comes with courage. It comes with boldness. It comes with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It comes with Everything that there is, hallelujah, every grace that is needed for ministry, once you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, it sort of ushers you into the operations and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit so that you can now begin to flow and work for God and work with God and walk with God and enjoy your work with God. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. So, 
That is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So why is it necessary for us to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? We are looking now at the necessity of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number one, why is it necessary? Number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary for every Christian for the service that we must render unto God. The service that Christ demands of us requires that we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, Christ commanded the disciples, Christ commanded the disciples not to enter upon the work to which he had himself called them until they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, we read it. Amen. He said that, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. But before then, remember before then in Mark chapter 16, in Matthew chapter 28, he has given the commandment to them. What? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every nation. So it's like somebody is sending you. said, go. Go and do this for me. And before you set out to go, he said, wait. I've asked you to go, but wait until this thing happens before you go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's just like I'm sending you to go and uh, buy some kelewele for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have not given you money yet. I say, wait, wait, and I'm putting my hand in my pocket. It means that wait until I give you the money. Until I give you the money, you cannot execute that assignment. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, go and do this. But he said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father, until you receive the baptism. So the baptism is very important, is necessary for us because it is what ushers us, that what positions us to be able to be effective in the work that Jesus Christ has entrusted into our hands and to be able to execute it and execute it well. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Now, Jesus Christ himself did not enter into his ministry until the Spirit of God came upon him and he had been anointed with the Holy Ghost. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, we read, and 22, we read that Jesus Christ went to Jordan and uh, where others were being baptized by John the Baptist, he also came and desired to be baptized. John said, I cannot baptize you because I'm the one who is supposed to come to you to be baptized. He says, suffer it that there might be the fulfillment of all righteousness. Hallelujah. And so he allowed it and uh, uh, John the Baptist baptized him. But when he entered into the water and came out of the water, the Bible said that immediately the spirit descended like a dove and sat upon him. And a voice spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Hallelujah. 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 So that was when the Spirit enveloped Jesus. The Spirit came upon Jesus to usher him into his ministry. That is why before this time, we didn't hear of him performing miracles. We didn't hear of him doing strange things. We didn't hear of him preaching the gospel to the poor, the recovery of sight to the blind. Hallelujah. But after that day, 
Then the Spirit took him to the wilderness to fast and pray. And then he returned from the wilderness in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and began to do great things and his fame began to spread abroad. Hallelujah. So Jesus Christ himself did not attempt to do the work and the ministry that the Father has entrusted into his hands without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit coming upon him. Amen. And likewise, he told the disciples that wait until you receive the promise of the Father. When the Holy Ghost come upon you, then you receive the power. You'll be equipped to be effective witnesses for me, in not only in Jerusalem, but in Judea, in Samaria, to the outermost part of the earth. Glory. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Is somebody understanding this message? Oh, glory, hallelujah. I thank God for your life. We, we see that Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 22, and chapter 4, verse 14 and 18, that is when he returned and the power of God was upon him. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, 29 to 34. John chapter 2, verse 11. You can write them down. Then in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, we read that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. How he anointed, when did God anoint him with the Holy Ghost and with power? He was doing the baptism when the Spirit descended upon him. That was the initial point. Amen. Amen. The initial point when the Spirit came upon him. Hallelujah. Then when the apostles found believers in Christ, they sought to discover whether they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and if not, they at once saw to it that they were baptized. An example is in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. For the sake of emphasis, let me read Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Amen. So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? Hallelujah. So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Paul comes to Ephesus, finds some believers, and asks them, Have you ever received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said, We haven't heard about anything called the Holy Ghost. Amen. But did they have the Holy Spirit at that time? I believe, yes. I've taught it before, earlier on in this message, that once you receive Jesus Christ, if they were believers, it means that they had, so, they had received Jesus Christ. And for that matter, the Spirit of God was in them. But they have not had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. So they didn't even know who the Holy Spirit is. So it can be a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you, and yet you don't have an encounter with Him. You don't have fellowship with Him. You don't have communion with Him. Hallelujah. You can't hear Him speak to you. You can't enjoy that relationship with Him. Amen. So He must come upon you at a point 
to bring that awareness and awakening in your spirit that indeed the Holy Spirit is with you. And that is the baptism. So when Paul was saying that, have you as yet received the Holy Spirit? He was not just talking about they receiving the Holy Spirit because as believers they have the Holy Spirit. But he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? When you read further, it explains itself. He said that if you don't know about the Holy Spirit, then unto which baptism were you baptized? That means that he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was expecting that they have been baptized into the Holy Spirit. Amen. They said, we don't know about any Holy Spirit baptism. What we know about is the baptism of John, which is water baptism. Amen. Then he went on to explain to them that John indeed baptizes with water. Hallelujah. But you must receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit must come upon you. And then they understood it. He baptized them with water. Amen. And then after that, he laid hands on them and they received. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. How do you know that the Holy Spirit fell upon them? Well, it's that the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they began to speak with other tongues. Did you read that? Did we read that? Verse 6, And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that's why I said that it's deeper than just speaking in tongues. So here we see that they spoke in tongues, but they also prophesied. Prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. We just explained last week. Hallelujah. Amen. So when you receive the baptism, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and baptizes you, He comes with all His power, His giftings, His virtue. Name it. Amen. So you can receive all. It's like, it's like, it's like, you see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like when you are, you are plugged into a, a Wi-Fi, then all of a sudden you start downloading a lot of things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Especially if it is a fiber broadband. Then that one, no limitation. Amen. No, no slow motion. <laughs> Amen. It will not uh, download and stop and cut some, some way. You see that there is broadband, so it's just downloading, 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 streaming on end. Hallelujah. So when you connect with the Holy Spirit that way, He releases all His virtue, all His character, all His grace. The character is the fruit. Amen. The grace is the is a is a gifts. Hallelujah. The charismata. So He releases all into the believer. Deposits all. That is how that is how the disciples were transformed instantly to the extent that the Sahindran could could not understand. They look at them and said, Ah, but these are ordinary fishermen. They are not learned. They have not studied the Torah and the law. They don't know anything from uh, from, from. They don't know their left or their right. How come? How come that they are now speaking with clarity of expressing? They can quote the Torah and quote the prophets and and. Uh, the, Ah, they could not understand. Something, something has happened to them. Some transformation. That's why I can't believe, I can't think far that you say you are a Christian, there is no transformation in your life. You say you have the Holy Spirit baptism and yet there is no transformation in your life. You are not seeing the change. And you are still living in your old ways. You have not encountered Him. Oh, you have not encountered Him. Hallelujah. The way I know that you have encountered him is not just about your loud tongues, but it's also about the transformation that takes place from within that, that comes out for people to know that indeed, for if one be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That is the, the kind of life we are talking about. That's what we mean by walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. So it is necessary because even the disciples, when they come and you say you have received Christ, they ask, have you received the Holy Ghost? The same thing. Philip found himself in Samaria. There were believers there. 
when they received Jesus Christ, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. He called for the apostles, Peter and John, to come. So that those that he, Philip, has ministered to for them to receive Jesus Christ, the apostles will come and lay hands on them for them to receive the impartation of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's very important. Don't tell me that I don't need, as for me, I don't need the Holy Ghost baptism. Okay, you don't need it. But as for me, I can't do without it. Glory, hallelujah. I'm teaching you scripture. Glory, hallelujah. Most karabasataya, libra saya. Jesus Christ himself needed it. The apostles also, the early apostles, they, they, whenever they found a body of believers, they asked and they tried to help them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's also necessary because with the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes spiritual authority to the believer. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with authority for the believer, spiritual authority. So you need it in order to exercise that dominion, that authority, that mandate that God has given unto us and trusted into our hands as children of God. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. So what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do I know that I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The first evidence, we call it the initial evidence. The initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Most times, most times, in about 99% of the time, as we read in the Acts of the Apostles, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they spoke with tongues. It can be diverse kinds of tongues. It can be new tongues. Hallelujah. But they spoke with tongues. It was an evidence that the Holy Spirit has come upon them. That is how they, they were able to know and detect. And in our days, I think, is no different. Any Christian who has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it comes with the speaking of tongues. So somebody said, okay, if I don't speak in tongues, does it mean that I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Yes. If you don't speak in tongues, you, you don't have that sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you saying that, Pastor, then that if I don't speak in tongues, I don't have the Holy Spirit? No. That is not what I'm teaching. Follow me and you understand what I'm teaching. Hallelujah. I've already established that there is a difference between being born of the Spirit, that is having the Holy Spirit, and having the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we have said that a Christian can have the Holy Spirit and yet not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 But if you have the baptism, it definitely comes with the speaking of tongues. So then, if you don't have the speaking of tongues, you don't have the baptism. You may have the Holy Spirit because you have received Jesus Christ, but you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Glory, hallelujah. I hope that somebody is understanding my teachings tonight. There are countless scriptures, scripture quotations, that buttresses the fact that tongue speaking is the initial evidence. And I say initial evidence because that is what, how it begins, but it goes deeper than just speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. In all of the instances of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, speaking with other tongues is either present or implied in all of them no exception especially in the house of the apostles where it is said that they received the holy spirit baptism it they either spoke in tongues or if you study it carefully you realize that it is not stated but it is implied and they spoke with tongues hallelujah let's look at a few examples of those let's quickly look at a few of those examples this was true at the initial outpouring of the day of Pentecost. So, number one, at the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. So, there we see it. There was the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. 
Secondly, in Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 21, Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 21, when the Samaritans, or the people of Samaria, received the gospel, and, and, and uh, Philip sent for Peter and Co. to come, and they came and they prayed for them. They received the Holy Spirit, and it stated categorically that they spoke with tongues. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 21. When you read it, you see that when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then again, in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, comparing with 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 18, it was true when Paul received his spirit baptism. Hallelujah. When, when Paul received the baptism of the Spirit, he spoke with tongues. So in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, we read that Ananias, uh, is it Ananias? Yes, not the one who died by lying, but another Ananias that God spoke to to go and minister to Paul, Saul who has now become Paul. When he went and he was blind and could not see, he laid hands on him and prayed for him and said, even God who has appeared to you, healed you. Hallelujah. And may you receive the Holy Spirit. So immediately the Spirit of God came upon him. He received his sight. Amen. We are not told specifically over there that he spoke with other tongues as an evidence of the baptism that he has received. Amen. But when you go to, you compare that scripture with 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 18. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 18, Paul says that I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. So the question is when did he receive tongue speaking? Are you with me? When did he receive that speaking of tongues? And I can confidently say, comparing other scenarios and other scriptures, hallelujah, that he might have received that tongue speaking the moment Ananias laid hands on him and then he received the Holy Spirit. I believe that it came with all the boldness. Because instantly he rose up and started preaching the word of God. Hallelujah. Started preaching the word of God. He did not even go to back to Jerusalem for the apostles to train him and sit under their feet. No, because at that instant, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the wealth of God, the character of God, the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God, the revelation of the Holy Spirit was all deposited in him at once. And he began to preach when nobody has taught him how to preach. Glory, hallelujah. I'm shocked and surprised that you have been a Christian for five years and you can't even preach. You can't do simple, simple things in the house of God. Hallelujah. I doubt whether you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Somebody received Jesus Christ and that same instant he started preaching. And he started persecuting from that day but he was preaching. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can go on and on giving more and more examples. Another example is Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 48. In the house of Cornelius, when God sent Peter to the house of Cornelius, he prayed for them. He did not even pray. As he was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell upon them. How do you know that the Holy Ghost has fallen upon them? They began to speak with tongues. To the extent that it convinced Peter. And Peter said that if God has given the Holy Spirit to these Gentiles, then they can also receive Jesus. That means that even at that time, Peter, Peter had not led them 
to even accept Jesus Christ. But as they were listening to the, mes- listening to the message of Peter, I believe that in their heart, they were soaking into the message, they aligned with the message, they received Jesus Christ in their heart. They didn't need somebody to tell them that, pray this prayer after me to receive Jesus Christ. Because deep in their heart, their heart was willing and ready to receive the gospel message. So as they were soaking into the message and receiving the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus died to save them. And if they can believe they are saved, at that same instant, the Holy Ghost fell upon them and they started speaking in tongues. Amen. Over there too, we see the evidence of speaking in tongues. More and more examples abound in the book of Acts of the Apostles. This was true when the men of Ephesus were baptized in the Holy Spirit. We just read it, Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6. When Paul encountered the Christians in Ephesus, they also received the Holy Spirit, and there was evidence of speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Now, who may receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Who may receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? All believers in Christ are candidates for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If only you have accepted Jesus Christ, you are a candidate. Amen. You qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if I were you and I've received Jesus Christ and I don't have it, I'll do all that I can to have it and to, re- and to receive it. Glory, hallelujah. Clap your hands wherever you are watching from and praise the name of Jesus. You can also add a shout. I don't care whether you're in your bedroom. Even if you are in your, your car, shout. You are in trot and watching me. Shout and praise his name. Amen. If they ask you, why are you shouting? Give, give your earpiece for them to listen to the message. And they will also enter and follow in the shouting. Glory, hallelujah. I feel like shouting and screaming. I am full of matter. The inspiration of the Almighty is within me. Ah, ma, ah, ah. It's just like a wine that is about a, 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 a wine bottle that is about to burst. Glory. Glory. Who said that COVID 19 can take away our anointing? No. We are more anointed than before. We are more enlightened than before. <laughs> we are more empowered than before. We have more word than before. Because I even have the opportunity to, to hibernate and study more. <laughs> Glory. Glory. We have been writing more books. Watch out for my first book, which is coming out. They are already printing it. It will come out very soon. And uh, <laughs> more. I'm writing more. Glory be to Jesus. Coronavirus cannot wipe us out. We are impregnable. We are unconquerable. We are full of the Holy Ghost. I feel like praying. I feel like praying, but I've not finished my message. Let me finish it so that Friday we can spend all the time praying. Hallelujah. I can't even finish it because the baptism of the Holy Spirit alone is like one month's teaching. But I'm giving the highlights tonight. Who may receive it? Every believer. Who has received Jesus Christ is a possible candidate. The fundamental conditions upon which the baptism of the Holy Spirit is given are repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. So if you have repented of your sins, received Jesus Christ, you have faith in Jesus Christ, you qualify. Hallelujah. You are a candidate. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Acts chapter 10 verse 44. For those who believe on Christ... The experimental reception of the baptism with the Holy Spirit is sometimes conditioned on the believer's knowledge that there is such a blessing and that it is for him in here and now. Hallelujah. So although if you receive Jesus Christ, you are a possible candidate, why is it that when you receive Jesus Christ, everybody who has received Jesus Christ don't have it? One, ignorance. Two, lack of belief in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So you can be a Christian, all right, but because you are not even... 
you are not even aware that there is such a blessing called the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you may not even desire for it and you may not receive it. Once in a while, God can dump it on people who have received Jesus Christ and don't even know about it. And they, they will just, some people, their conversion experience comes with the baptism. So the moment they receive Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they start speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you may have to know about it, study about it, desire about it. That's what I'm teaching you. So as I'm teaching you, you are becoming knowledgeable. You are receiving enlightenment about it. That will create a desire in you to pursue it. And then the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall receive it. I said you shall receive it. Glory, hallelujah. You shall receive it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You shall receive it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So you must desire for it. You must be knowledgeable for it. God gives the Holy Spirit to them that obey Him. Obedience means absolute surrender to the Lordship of Christ Jesus. Acts chapter 5 verse 32. So you must walk in obedience. Amen. You must walk in obedience if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How does one receive the baptism? Let me rush through that one and then we will, before we close. How does one receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Number one, fulfill the prerequisite for receiving the Holy Spirit as listed above. That is, believe in Jesus Christ, accept Him as your Lord and personal Savior. Know that there is such a blessing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Desire for it. Ask God to give you and He will surely and, and faithfully give it to you. Hallelujah. He said that if you being children, being, being men, know how to give good things to your children when they ask. And when they ask for, um, for fish, you not give them a serpent. When they ask for bread, you not give them a stone. How much more? Will God, your Heavenly Father, not give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Hallelujah. Sometimes, see, the scare or the question people ask is, what about if I'm praying to receive the Holy Spirit and I receive a counterfeit? The question I ask those people is that, are you a child of God? Is the Holy Spirit in you? If you're a child of God and you're asking something from God, how can the devil uh, fast track and bypass God and give you the counterfeit? Do you understand my, 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 my argument? Amen. Amen. Like Akuba, my daughter, is asking something from me. He's, she's standing in front of me and asking something from me. And then somebody somewhere asking for bread from me. And I want to give him bread. Because that's my will for her. Somebody somewhere will pass somewhere and, and come between me and her and give her stone instead of bread. Amen. Amen. So God will surely give it to you in the name of Jesus. So remember that it is a free gift and not end. It is not something that you pay for. You don't pay for the pastor to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It is a free gift from God, just like salvation. You just have to exercise your faith as a child of God and claim what belongs to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you don't need... You don't necessarily even need people to lay hands on you before you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Although sometimes God uses that medium of laying out of hands for the one to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But if you have faith, you have a child of God, you can claim the promise, you can be in your room. And there are so many instances of people who nobody laid hands on them. They were in their room, the Holy Spirit came upon them as they were praying. Sometimes they may not even have been praying. The Holy Ghost comes upon them and they start speaking in tongues. They receive a transformation and a change in their lives. There are countless examples. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Ask Christ to give you this gift 
and he will. Jesus Christ is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But there is one that comes after me, whose shoes lace I'm not ready to unloose. When he comes, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. So who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit? It is Jesus Christ. It is one of the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so right now, he's exalted, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And yet he's, he's, he's performing that ministry of baptizing the believer with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we as men of God, God just uses us as medium. So it is not my hands that I'm laying on you that will let you receive the Holy Spirit baptism. But it's Jesus Christ who is doing it. That is why I know that I can even connect with you through this medium on Facebook, on YouTube. And we will have a live service on Friday and pray. And yet you are there. We are miles apart. We may be so many kilometers or miles apart. Yet you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not about me laying my hands on you. It's about you understanding it as, 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 as something, a right that you have in Christ. Hallelujah. A blessing in Christ and grasping it and, and having faith that indeed God will give it to you. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Number five, exercise. Number four, expect to receive this gift as hands are laid upon you. Expect to receive the gift as hands are laid upon you. Even if hands are not laid upon you, expect that Jesus himself will baptize you. It is possible. It can happen. It can happen. Number five, exercise your faith by speaking in an unknown language unto the Lord. So sometimes when you are ministering to people, the Holy Spirit, they are are closed their mouth and they are just there. Amen. It doesn't work like that. Amen. Amen. It's a vocal gift. Tongues is a vocal gift. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He's inspiring you to speak. But if you decide to shut your mouth, the Holy Spirit will not force your mouth open. <laughs> Hello. We, we studied before that he's a gentleman. Amen. Amen. And the spirit of the prophet is subject unto the prophet. You know, be so. Huh. So the Holy Spirit will not force you like I'm preaching now. He's using me. He's preaching through me. But if I decide to keep quiet, like Mumu, the Holy Spirit will not force my mouth open for the words to come out. It's the same thing. When you are being ministered to for the, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues, pray. Sometimes you are even praying in your own language. But by all means, open your mouth and pray. As you are praying, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You sense that your tongue is changing. Allow it to flow. Amen. Sometimes some people speak it and then they will stop. When you said, oh, I was not sure whether it, that was it. <laughs> but what were you praying for? Before you receive that one. Hello. Glory be to Jesus. Five, exercise your faith by speaking in an unknown language unto the Lord. We have said that. Six, yield your unruly member as an instrument of righteousness. Now, as desire to live a holy life, if you are, you, are, you are desiring for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, live a holy life, live a righteous life, and God can also give to you. Hallelujah. Do not attempt to wake up your emotions. Relax in His presence. Just relax. The Lord will give it to you. Once you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, use your tongue often 
as it is a key to spiritual vitality. Amen. So once you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that comes with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues. Don't stop speaking in tongues. Continue speaking it. Amen. The first time the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He inspires you to speak that language. Amen. So for some believers, they think that every time you must start in your own language, uh, a language you understand, and every time the Holy Spirit must come upon you and inspire you again to speak the tongues. Hallelujah. Once He comes upon you during the baptism, you have received it. It's a gift. Exercise it. Exercise it by faith. Speak it out. Amen. So when I start praying, I can start speaking in tongues. Some people think that when you are praying, you must start praying in a local language or in a way you can understand and warm up in the spirit, warm up in the spirit, warm up in the spirit, gradually, gradually, until the water is warm and then the tongues, you can now begin to speak in tongues. It is a language God has given it to you. It is a gift. Hallelujah. And as any other gift, you can choose to exercise it or not. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I pray that you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The power of God will come upon you mightily tonight, even under these teachings. And on Friday, you are expecting the Holy Spirit to baptize you. Keep listening to this message over and over again. Watch it over and over again. And Friday, I'll come to you in the Gethsemane hour, our prayer and impartation and miracles. And I believe and trust God with you that God will touch you and you will receive the baptism. Speak with other tongues. And receive an anointing and grace, charismata, giftings to do the work of God and to do the work of the ministry. There are so many things I can share with you when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But this is where time will, will allow me. Um, so we want to end. But you want to open your mouth wherever you are and start praying. Begin praying and pray to God. Pray. Somebody pray. Lift up a prayer. And God will speak to you. That God, God uh, will let His word stay with you. You will understand it. You will walk in it, in the power of it, in the anointing and the grace of it. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God. Somebody lift up your voice. Begin to pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, lift up your voice, somebody, and begin to pray. Rakus kabaha katalabaras kontiribiri andai ni mai kolobo shasa katalabrahus karabalabaya lebalabaya pray that Holy Spirit come upon me. You see, we said that the baptism is once, but the infilling can happen on daily basis. So if you have already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, pray now that Holy Spirit endue me with your anointing. Fill me up, Lord. Fill me up, Lord, and use me in the name of Jesus. If you have not received the baptism, pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and baptize you with the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And remember on Friday night, I'll come to you again on this same network and we'll be praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for those of us who don't have it. For those of us who have it, we'll still be praying that Jesus Christ will continue to baptize us with fire. See, you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of fire is, is, is not once, once of hallelujah. It's like the infilling. 
Because sometimes you, you are losing your zeal, you are losing your fire, you come back to him, you pray, your, your, your strength is renewed like the eagle, you receive more fire to go on and to carry on with the work of God. Pray tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, you want to pray for the body of Christ that even as uh, the president has opened that we can start meeting. We want to pray for all churches as we, we prepare to observe all those protocols and meet as churches all over the country. We want to pray that God will be with us, that we'll be able to have our service without any casualties. We want to pray every spirit that will lift up itself to try to attack church members with coronavirus and COVID-19 so that you say, ah, we said it. When they went back to church, they are all having the disease. In the name of Jesus, it will not happen. We are praying for all Bible-believing churches all over the nation of Ghana that as we are starting services by this weekend, God will protect us, God will keep us, God will preserve His church, and none of us will fall ill of this COVID-19. In the name of Jesus, pray. Somebody, in the name of Jesus, pray. We are praying for churches all over Ghana that as we come back to worship this weekend and beyond, God will protect us from the coronavirus in the name of Jesus. That nobody will have an occasion to say that as they open for churches, Christians will go back to church, the, the, the sickness is going up. No, we cancel and we abort every agenda like that in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. In the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now I pray for you, precious one. May the Lord Jesus Christ preserve you and keep your spirit, soul, and body blameless until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that this month of teachings of the Holy Spirit will bring you into a closer fellowship and relationship with the Holy Spirit like never before. That as we walk with the Spirit, we'll walk with God, and we'll walk in fellowship and communion with God and with His Spirit. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. May the Lord be good unto you and show you His loving kindness. Whatever your hand touches, may it turn into a blessing. I bless you. I bless the work of your hands. I bless you. I bless the, your going out and your coming in. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pronounce and declare the blessings of Jehovah God over your life today and all the days of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for all churches across the nation that will come back to service, to fellowship, Without any casualty, without any coronavirus, without any COVID-19 emerging from our gatherings. In the name of Jesus Christ, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, build your church. Make it strong. 
that the gate of hell can never prevail against it. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Empower us with your Holy Spirit to take our position as sons and daughters of God, even in this work of the ministry. As we expand your kingdom, as we populate heaven and depopulate hell, in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord, I pray. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you and be with me both now and forevermore. Amen.